I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Oh, it's been a very hot day today in Hackney, so we're delighted to be indoors. By we, I mean me and Mr Binks. I should just clarify that Mr Binks isn't my boyfriend, but he is my English toy terrier. And Prudence is my miniature bull terrier. We're very excited because we're about to jump on Zoom and talk to Dr Bob and Susan Goldstein. Their experience with a dog called Lee led the way for them to launch a pioneering integrative approach to veterinary medicine in the USA. Their firm is called Earth Animal and they are my first sponsor. Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, thank you so much for joining me on A Dog's Life. Oh, it's our pleasure. Nice to be here. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to learn about your journey um, and how your journey led to creating Earth Animal. Please tell me a little bit about the dog that really was your love that inspired this journey. <laughs> Lee was a golden retriever. We adopted him when he was 11 months old from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. He had gone through the training and was rejected due to hip dysplasia. We were the likely young couple to, um, to become his parents because Bob is a veterinarian and his hip dysplasia was quite serious even at the age of 11 months. Uh, you can imagine what he was like having gone through that training. He was absolutely gorgeous physically and and in spirit uh, and he was he had he had the manners of a prince so uh, We had seven good years with him. We were not health enlightened whatsoever uh, when it comes to holistic medicine and um, We fed him god-awful food <laughs> like everyone else in America did and then he crippled up at age seven. Uh, we had been maintaining him on injectable, injectable cortisone painkillers, and they were not working any longer. We were faith, facing euthanasia. A light bulb went on for us. Uh, I was working for an organization in New York, Foundation for Alternative Cancer Therapies for Humans, and I was learning a great deal about the impact of diet and supplements on cancer. I asked Bob what he thought of changing Lee's diet to uh, a home-cooked meal and to investigating supplementation, and Bob said, can't harm it, can't harm him. So that was the beginning of a transformation for us, both personally and then um, Lee's success, Lee's healing, led to uh, a transformation in our veterinary practice and, and then, of course, uh, we turned it into a business. And he lived to be 17. Yes, now that's extraordinary and, and amazing, particularly for a, a golden retriever. But for you, Dr. Bob, that must have been such a big moment because having studied uh, conventional medicine and running your own practice, to kind of detour away and try new things, um, was, was that quite landmark at the time? Uh, yes, this was 1970. 
73 or 74. So at that point, obviously there were there were not many holistic veterinarians around and the holistic movement was really just just beginning. The only thing that really was available was health food stores for people. And so we went and spent many, many hours uh, in lectures with human holistic medical people to learn about this because we there was no other place. Certainly I did not learn that at veterinary school. Uh, so we spent many hours um, uh, you're learning, and then we began to integrate what we were learning into our practice, and our clients were very uh, susceptible. They uh, said, listen, you know, I am tired of using uh, uh, drugs, uh, e either drugs or pesticides, so if there is an alternative, I'm all game. And so we had a great learning experience and testing experience in our practice. Just to get back to Lee for a second, you know, as a conventionally pre uh, veterinarian, conventionally trained veterinarian, I didn't know anything at that point about the holistic approach. And I'll tell you what, one thing that really I vividly remember is that Lee at seven years of age, besides being crippled, was basically all gray. His muzzle was gray, the top of his back and his coat were gray, and he's a beautiful red golden retriever. And after about three or four months on the program that we put him on, including juicing and, and fruits and vegetables and natural, you know, natural uh, diet, I was amazed as that his coat began to turn red again. That basically convinced me that the things that we were doing were just causing premature aging and that these new things for us uh, really fed the body and improved the immune system and really brought Lee back to your know, vibrant health. And uh, both of you have written two um, or several award-winning books, Integrating Complementary Medicine into vet Veterinary Practice and the Wellness and Longevity Program for Animals. I particularly love the, the title of that one. Well, the Wellness and Longevity book is a compilation of absolutely everything we've learned over the first 30 years. Uh, it was uh, a combination of what we learned in our own kitchen, our experience with Lee and other Goldstein animals. It was what we were learning as the, as the practice was, was transforming. It was uh, other, other families' experiences. And then all of the health tips, every supplement that worked, every protocol that worked, um, that, that's basically what wellness was about. A very practical guide, day-to-day -day guide. Wow. Uh, you know, as you know, cancer is epidemic in dogs and cats, or at least it is here in the in the US. And so um, a great deal of our work has been uh, working in that field of not just <laughs> prevention, but also in uh, a cause no harm approach to cancer, a side effect free working with the immune system. So a great deal of the book is also dedicated to cancer and to other immune compromised diseases. 
in the UK, very much it's uh, the same situation. Uh, cancer is is rife in dogs, um, which, of course, like you said at the beginning, is down to many people not feeding perhaps the best diet and um, and over medication. You know, I mean, for me, the holistic health route is actually quite simple. It absolutely is simple. We're getting away from very complicated times and and ways. Um, going going backwards for the first time in this very high tech modern world that we live in, yes. uh, it, it's really remembering the interconnectedness of the body, the importance of acknowledging the total animal, um, and and getting away from um, things that are just much too complicated, drugs, uh, foods that are that are just so super unnatural. And I do think it is a simple way. Yeah, and, and, and the, 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 the veterinary book, I mean, it basically tells the story of the, of the journey. You know, when, the, obviously, what I was seeing was the, as the holistic veterinary community was, was uh, growing, what I was seeing was basically a rift between the holistic vets and the, holist, and the conventional vet. And it was, you know, each, each party was making the other one wrong or poo-pooing what the other one was doing. And, and so we, when we approached Wiley Blackwell on the book, you know, we said we felt that there was, uh, you know, they, people were drawing sides and it was separating the veterinary profession. And so we turned, we went away from the holistic versus conventional and we, we coined the term integrative veterinary medicine means that you bring the best of both worlds together using medicine when needed, but try to work with the animal's own immune system and feed that immune system so the animal not only heals, but remains healthy and well. It's been a bit of a journey here in the UK, as you may have heard. There's been um, a lot of protest about using complementary medicine in, in animals in the UK. However, vets are beginning to look at the integrative side. And certainly there are a, a, a few, a handful really only, but uh, those are the ones that certainly um, I'm involved with and support very much. Uh, it's the way forward. But but this, this kind of light bulb moment, you know, with Lee, you know, Lee who is really, you know, shines, shines through this, your golden retriever. I bet, you know, he never realized that through his journey, you would actually create such an extremely ethical, mindful company that's one of the biggest in the States. I think, I, I think Lee was, he was not a mediocre dog. He was quite brilliant and he had lots of natural knowingness about him. Oh. It, would not, it would not surprise me. If Lee, if Lee, um, if Lee, if one of Lee's objectives when he was on earth was to direct us on this path. I actually sometimes felt that it was quite deliberate. It's funny, I've, I've thought that about Molly, you know, my first miniature bull terrier who sadly, um, you know, got bladder cancer after a raft of uh, vaccinations that were actually given erroneously before I knew better. 
Yeah, but it is interesting to to see how an integrative approach can really work and transform a dog. You know, my co-host of A Dog's Life is a little English toy terrier. In the States, you call them um, a toy Manchester. You know, they're black and tan. Yeah, he's super cute, super small. But he, Dr. Bob, he's got leg calves, Perth's disease. And when I rehomed him, uh, at two and a half, he'd already had one of his ball socket uh, hip joints removed uh-huh. and he'd not had any rehabilitation and his immune system was clearly compromised. He had these awful boils on his neck that were kind of oozing. He was in quite a state and uh now he's like quite he's turned into napoleon actually he's uh, super (laughs) confident he might be small but that doesn't um deter him and he's he's actually munching on an earth animal uh no hide chew as we speak (laughs) yes he is um but it's uh, some of your other supplements that you you have like your aches and discomfort herbal supplement i'm sure that's something for all dogs that are suffering with arthritis could come in extremely useful, not only when the symptoms start to occur, but to work preventatively. You know, it's my little theory, Susan and Dr. Bob, that you can actually prevent arthritis. Is that possible? Oh, we absolutely, oh, oh. we absolutely agree. A- absolutely. And you can certainly minimize it as we did with Lee. Lee's arthritis was caused from a structural condition, um, but we, you know, you can certainly min- minimize it by creating an anti-inflammation daily program. Uh, You know, it is inflammation that sets the stage. And certainly um, a a wholesome diet and supplements and fresh foods, these are all the things which will prevent arthritis. Yes, absolutely. It is inflammation of the joints after all. But interestingly, you know, so many dogs, certainly in the UK, often end up in, abandoned in rescue due to people not being able to afford them. Um, as an average dog over here costs about £20,000 in its lifetime. And most of that, I figure, is at the vets, you know, with all of these monthly wormers, monthly flea treatments, you know, Mm -hmm. vaccines, antibiotics given out, a bit like sweets, you know. I mean, on the human level in the UK, it's now much more hard to get antibiotics if you're a human, which I I think is great. But for, for animals, they are, you know, everything has to have an antibiotic sold with it. And, you know, this neutering, which is becoming a little... A little less, you know, one-sided now. Many people now are, are choosing not to neuter, not because they want to breed from their dogs, but because they want to keep them whole. Why should dog ownership not be so expensive? <laughs> well, I think, first of all, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be as expensive um, as 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 we deal with it here as well. Um, if if we if we do become preventative. Uh, on a daily basis with our dogs and cats, you will you will see uh, veterinary bills diminish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we are we are we are so drug oriented that we're causing a lot of the problems because you know we we're not going after the source, we're going after symptoms, and when we do this with drugs, we cause side effects, and the perpetuation of side effects leads to chronic disease. So it's a vicious cycle. And once a family breaks that cycle and they put together uh, an immune system protocol, which is 
very wholesome and positive, the vet bills will go down. Yeah, they will. And um, of course, your dog hopefully will will live longer. And something for me as well is, um, you know, the 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 impact of flea and worm treatments on on the planet. Uh, there's one particular insecticide I can never pronounce it, um, but it is the one you will know the one it is that kills bees. And of course, if it can kill bees, which are so important to the earth, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they they surely can actually harm your dog as well. <laughs> well, we, you know, the basic, you know, in our, as an example, in our flea line, you know, we are absolutely opposed to using the animal's body as a delivery system for a poison to kill a flea. That, to me, as a veterinarian, as a scientist, just does not make sense. You're using the body, putting a poison in, to get through the bloodstream, to get to the skin, so when the flea bites, they die from that. You know, the, the adverse effect of doing that on the body and the liver and the kidney is just setting the stage for disease in that animal. To me, that doesn't make sense. So really, prevention is really the key, and the entire earth animal line is prevention-oriented. We're not practicing medicine, we're not treating, we're trying to keep the body as strong as it can so it itself can create the, the healing for the body or the maintenance of wellness. The detoxification organs, the liver and the kidneys, you know, they, they do a magnificent job. They need to be respected and protected. And you, you tax them. You know, they have to overwork to dump those poisons out on a daily basis. And I think when people... When people learn more, become more aware of the, you know, the, the purpose and the benefits of those two powerful organs, um, you, then, you then can lay the groundwork for, you know, let's stop the insecticide. We, we have banned insecticides uh, from all earth animal products since 1979. I think people underestimate the power of natural healing. And the body is an amazing, amazing organism. But we've yeah. talked about diet a bit through this so far. Why then is diet so key for optimum health? Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll just give you the, 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 my scientific approach. Uh, you know, when we were writing the veterinary book, you know, I found it very interesting. We, we probably outlined 150 different diseases and discuss the, both the medical and the holistic or the integrative approach to handling those. And, and I found it very interesting in reading the, the scientific literature that many of those diseases, what the scientist who named the disease or was working on the disease said, the cause of this is unknown, but the common denominator in every one of those diseases was inflammation. And so the, the basic theory, diet-wise, is that if you could feed a diet that is what, what I would call neutral, meaning that it does not incite inflammation, then you're basically putting the body in a position where it can heal and maintain wellness because there's no inflammation to start the process that leads to disease. So that is my scientific approach. So in our food, which is coming out in next month, um, that food is a neutral food, meaning that it's loaded with P3, 
pure ingredients, you know, uh, meat, you know, chicken, turkey, this pure ingredients, along with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytonutrients, fruits and vegetables. And when you feed something like that, that is a neutral diet that doesn't incite inflammation, you're setting the body up for the maintenance of wellness. And of course, so many processed foods actually have hardly any ingredients in them (laughs) that a dog really should eat. You know, when you think of uh, barley and a lot of rice used and beet pulp and and of course the processing techniques in itself, which can create acrylamides, getting a bit technical here, but, and then they are totally carcinogenic. (laughs) But that all, that's all quite heavy, but, if you are what you eat, then why is it a bit of a bad start, perhaps, to give your dogs uh, bleach, formaldehydes, and other toxins that could be found in a product that's often sold in many pet f- pet shops? You know, the raw hides. Well, I, you know, to me that it makes perfect sense. You know, you know, having having a product that contains these ingredients, even at small amounts because many of these ingredients are cumulative. So if you feed a little bit each day, the body will store these things and they will set the stage for inflammation. So to me, that's, you know, that's very, you know, very straightforward, very obvious. So all the products that we make, that we are, that make, that we're using for a specific condition, either for the prevention of, of pain and inflammation, like a CBD line, like for the for the for the maintenance uh, or the prevention of fleas and ticks, they're all designed that way to enter the body, and instead of covering up a symptom, they are all designed to work with the body's own natural healing to prov- to stimulate and not to stimulate to balance the immune system so it can create homeostasis and wellness. Yes, yes, I love that word, hemiostasis. And of course, Hippocrates, you know, he said thousands of years ago, let medicine be thy food and food be thy medicine. Um, He was such a clever guy. (laughs) But um, what do you think, Lee, lovely Lee? I wish I could have met him, actually. He does sound like the special dog from what you've said about him being knowing. I get totally what you mean about that. What do you think he would have thought of a no-hide chew? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think Lee, Lee would have been in a state of nirvana. <laughs> right. <And> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 I think that he would have loved it. You know, and obviously, you know, Rawhide has a very, very bad rap, for, you know, for obvious reasons. You know, one, for the, where it comes from, obviously the skin of a cow, obviously, and where, you know, we're, we're not in favor of that to begin with. And then, of course, the non-digestibility of rawhide you know, sets the stage for potential blockages. So rawhide generally has a very, very bad image. And what we were looking for was to create a product that, was, that gave the animal the long chewing, you know, and, and you know, so it, it broke boredom and, and massaged the gums and the, and the teeth. And it did all the positive things but did not have any of the negatives associated with rawhide, including the use of peroxide, formaldehyde, and other things that are added to that 
to preserve the no hide. So our product is, if you read the ingredient label, I mean, it's basically, you know, basically brown rice, uh, you know, and agar, agar, which is a seaweed, uh, you know, and it has, you know, banana in it and it has enzymes in it, but they're all natural ingredients. So it gives the animal the long lasting chew, but it obviously is not adding anything that's going to set the stage for inflammation. Absolutely. And chewing is such a, a natural behavior for dogs and so important, particularly, you know, in times that we're living in now of the pandemic, where you've got to keep your dogs active and busy. Explain why chewing is, is so good. Well, first of all, chewing performs a pre-digestive activity, but it's also really important to, to uh, it exercises the jaw and the muscles in the mouth and it's very important for overall oral health, keeping the gums clean. Um, but the boredom factor, I think, is, is really important because, you know, boredom, if, if left untreated, um, can, can turn into anxiety. And chronic anxiety, since everything's interconnected in the body, can take its toll on the immune system. So I think, I think to simplify it, um, you know, it, it, chewing is extremely important. And the end result is it offers enjoyment. And that's really, that's really what we want to be offering on a daily basis, is it not? Now, as Earth Animal, you're very, very um, mindful about the planet and about keeping dogs and cats and their pet parents here into the future. Uh, explain a bit more. Well, we, we, we are, it is our objective to be the leader in sustainability in the, in, in the pet industry. Uh, we are working awfully hard. Uh, we've actually hired consultants and our CEO, who, by the way, is British. Uh, <laughs> they are they are of like mind. This is this is their priority. Other than healing the animals, it is their priority. So we have surrounded ourselves with people of like mind and soul to make sure that we are moving in this direction of leadership. You know, we've always been environmentally conscious. It did start with banning insecticides and pesticides. But we've also um, partnered with the Pet Sustain Sustainability Coalition. And we have found uh, distributors of like mind to, to create a family environment for this important purpose. Uh, our packaging is sustainable. We have uh, gone to great strides to... Uh, secure our protein as in, in humanely sourced, humanely sourcing. Uh, we are philosophically, I would classify us as a reducitarian company. Uh, the impact, the carbon impact on the uh, agricultural production of meat is uh, the pet industry occupies about 35% of it. That's, that's huge. So we are dedicated to using less meat over the next 10 years. And I think, I think that people will, uh, there'll be a lot of other people following in those footsteps. Earth Animal is also the founder of the Flex Forward program. And that is launching, uh, I believe, August 3rd. And that's something that we're very, very proud of. You know, that's a recycle, upcycle way of dealing with the plastic bags and plastic from treats, which just kind of only make it to the landfill, never escape until they get to the ocean. 
And so we have a program where we have receptacles being dropped off by our, our number one distributor in the Pacific Northwest. And it's a, it's, a, it's a unity program because the retailer gets to pitch to, to the pet parent and the distributor drops off the receptacle, the receptacle gets picked up, goes back to the distributor so there's no excess travel involved. And then we, we recycle and upcycle. So yep. we're very, very excited about that. Wow. We've also just devised a, a carbon emissions evaluation tool. So we are able to really understand, you know, just how dirty we are and yes. how much more we need to clean uh, up. And uh, we have shared this tool with the industry. So we're moving forward as quickly as we can. And it, it just feels good to have that kind of a purpose and to have a team. We have a team in Europe, as you know, selling earth animal products and we're all of like mind and all of, you know, we're all on the mission and it's, uh, it's very passionate. I know it sounds fantastic. I'm, I'm very interested in the um, upcycling project. Um, will that be coming to the UK to work with the independent retailers that you've got upcoming here now? I, I expect that it will. We're in a test market in August. And um, once that gets evaluated, then we'll, we'll start, uh, our distributor will open it up to the rest of his distributorship. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that there, it will come to Europe at the right yeah. time. Yes. I'll make sure, we'll make sure it happens. Yes, please, Susan, because um, it was only on the news on London News last night. Oh, you would have been, you would have been in tears that uh, they're getting little tiny crabs out of the River Thames. Oh, it's dreadful. They're all dying because they're eating so much plastic unwittingly and um, fibres from people's clothes that are also dumped in landfill. I'm really on this. And oh, they wow. were showing these little crabs that their stomachs were full of just plastic and are are rubbish and then they can't eat and of course they're not getting any nutrition and so they're not growing and and they are dying and of course without crabs we don't have the full ecosystem but uh, as you oh. you know well so it is it's a problem we need we need this scheme in in the uk okay yeah. well we will make sure that that happens yes we will Finally, just before we go, I'd just like to say thank you so much for sponsoring A Dog's Life. I'm so looking forward to working with you in the next few weeks. We are very eager for our partnership and we appreciate uh, the unity which we're experiencing. Thank you. Well, let's speak again very soon, I hope. Okay. That's our show. What did you think, Mr. Binks? Yes, I thought you'd be impressed with all the environmental aspects of Earth Animal. Prudence? Oh, do you want another no-hide wholesome chew? Well, give me five minutes. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favourite shows. And while you're there, go on, please give us a five-star review because it really will help other dog lovers find us. Thanks also to Mike Hansen at Pod People UK. And for the latest on me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. And for Earth Animal, at Earth Animal 1979. What's that, Mr. Binks? Oh, yes, we'll be back next Sunday. That's because a dog's life has gone weekly. 
so we'll see you then. Bye for now. Thank you to Earth Animal No Hide Choose. Order yours now at earthanimal.com forward slash UK.